Welcome to the first season of Arise Esther, a podcast for today's Esthers, women who are ready to rise up in bold, courageous faith like Esther of old, who stepped up to lead when life was tough and hope was dim, but faith was fierce. Hi, I'm Don Scott Damon, your podcast host. I get to talk to some of the most resilient women on the planet, all who've tackled difficult life crises head on and triumphed. Now we're here to help you do the same. So turn it up, Esther. This is your moment. What's up, modern day Esther? That's what I should just call you, M-D-E, modern day Esther. Well, you're like Esther of old, right? You've overcome obstacles. You've stepped up to your moment of divine leadership and influence. And you didn't do it by yourself. You did it because God called you, appointed you, and anointed you. And to be a woman in leadership today, I happen to know that you've overcome some pretty intense obstacles. You've got a story. You've got a testimony that if God had not intervened, well, you don't know where you'd be today. And that is today's broadcast. I got the privilege of interviewing two women who have co-authored a book together, uh, Wanda Sanchez and Shelley Beach, author of The Love Letters from the Edge, Meditations for Those Struggling with Brokenness, Trauma, and the Pain of Life. Let me introduce Shelley Beach. She's award-winning author of eight books, including the Christie Award-winning Hallie's Heart and the ECPA Book of the Year nominee, Precious Lord, Take My Hand, Meditations for Caregivers. And in addition to co-authoring over a dozen books and editing a dozen books or more, she's a national speaker delivering a message of hope to thousands, thousands of women each year. And Wanda Sanchez, she's the executive producer of one of the nation's longest-running radio talk shows. I've been able to be a guest on that talk show many times out of Salem in California. And she's written uh, 25 years of experience in the broadcast media, writing copy and marketing and publicity. And she's experienced extensive physical and emotional trauma but she's come out on the other side. And today, as my guest, she talks about that. She blogs, she speaks about hope for recovery for post-traumatic stress disorder to women and health professionals around the country. So join us today, and we're gonna enter that podcast live now. You'll be blessed. I have so been looking forward to having the opportunity to have both of you on. We've done this podcast so many different times, but today, instead of you interviewing me, I'm actually going to interview you. You both co-authors and authors, but specifically co-authors of Love Letters from the Edge. I want to talk about your book. I want to ask you what inspired you to write it, and I want to know what was the edge like for you in your life? Where and when were you on the edge? So welcome, Shelly Beach, and welcome, Wanda Sanchez. Let's just dive into this. Shelly, tell us a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your edge moment, and then we'll ask Wanda the same question. My edge moment. Wow. I think probably um, I've had had several, but uh, one of my first was when I was 19 and I was sexually assaulted by a serial rapist. 
um, that was uh, one of those moments in life when it's it's a surreal kind of trauma and shock and when you are past the experience and 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 beyond it you just uh, the 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 attempts at coping um, they just you don't know where you are or or how to approach coping i was you know i was raised in a in a christian family um, my mom and dad were in shock as well. My brother, they, none of them really knew what to do or what to say or how to handle it. They basically thought the best thing to do was to try to kind of push it away, not have me talk about it. Uh, that made it even more difficult for me because it, it kind of multiplied the shame for me. Sure. So did they did absolutely did they have kind of a, a belief system that like if you don't talk about it, it's gonna go away. Just just ignore it. I I think they they really they didn't have a belief in 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 counseling. You know, I think they I think they thought that, you know, um God would be enough, and that's true. That that you can't shortchange that God is enough. But not knowing how to apply that in practical ways. And they didn't really want to encourage counseling because there was a fear of, of what they thought psychology was or counseling would be. And that, that might be counter counterintuitive to the word of God or, or somehow um, come against what the word of God was. And they, they asked me not to really talk about it because I think they thought it was shameful. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, even in today's culture, um, I was I was assaulted by a person of color, and I think that they didn't know how to handle that, and and didn't know how to confront that, and so they just kind of wanted to um, not discuss it. I don't think they had the coping mechanisms either, and so I I, w- I felt I felt quite abandoned, except for the man who is my husband today who stood beside me, um, kind of came at it with, tell me what you need, and um, kind of led in that manner. I didn't, I don't think I knew what I, what I needed at the time, but he at least, he asked me rather than telling me, and uh, was very, very gracious, and very loving, and very, just very caring in the way that that he approached me and and came came into the situation at that time. I felt very much that he was my protector. It's so wonderful that you know that God had provided for you a person who would listen to your story. I imagine comfort you, allow you to express and feel. Do you do you feel like you received some healing at that time, or did this event follow you? for a while throughout your life? Did it set you up for further trauma and, and abuse? I, I think it followed me. Uh, I think it's followed, I think it never goes away in that, in that sense. And I actually, I guess, well, Dan and I were married within a year and I, I guess I immediately began to talk about my story, which helped me heal. Mm-hmm. which helped me take my first steps toward toward healing and getting past it. Um, I don't think that it followed me in the sense that there was other trauma and, and further trauma and abuse because 
I had a husband, we had a healthy relationship good. and that was a, that was a good factor, but it affected our sex life because, sure. you know, you become a little crazy because you, 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 you want to have sex, you, you want to have intimacy, but you're afraid and you have triggers yes. and, and, um, and so those triggers, you know, affect how and your ability to have an intimate relationship. And so, you know, that was, that was complicated. And uh, I'm so glad I'm interrupting you, but I'm so glad you bring that up because I don't think we talk about that enough. I know that the sexual trauma that I experienced as a young adult and child totally ruined my ability to be free and to sense that this was something loving and beautiful. I felt like the having sex was related and and in my brain connected to and associated with some of the most humiliating moments of my life and we don't talk about how to heal the brain of that trauma that the neuroscience behind that and how to reconnect so i'm thankful that you talk about that because i think we can lift a lot of shame off of women who feel like they're broken or something's wrong with them because they're not, you know, swinging off the chandelier like we see right. in Hollywood, you know? Right, right. And I was, you know, a, a lot of my friends talked freely about, you know, their, you know, their sex life, not, not in really inappropriate ways, but, but in ways that made me feel uncomfortable because I felt like I wasn't part of that club, you know? <laughs> and, um, and so it, it, it was, it was difficult, but I, um, I did go for trauma treatment later on in life, and that was very helpful for me. And um, I would encourage that for people, depending on where they are and, and if it's a difficulty that follows them, follows them through life. I also had a lot of medical trauma in my life, and that, that really was a, a second edge for me, was being at a place where I was being told that... Um, you know, I wasn't going to survive and um, that I wasn't going to live and, and, and 16 years to a, a diagnosis and those kinds of things. So that again was, was very, very difficult for me. So your edge moment intersected a little bit with one of Wanda's edge moments. And we're going to talk about that. But Wanda, let's turn to you for a moment. And uh, you wrote this book with Shelley, Love Letters from the Edge. Well, what could you possibly know about living on the edge? The edge of what? The, the edge of breakdown, <laughs> the edge of crazy, the edge of I'm going to go off on you. I mean, talk to us about your experience. All of those edges, all of those edges. <laughs> you just said. And just for the record, sex is icky. Okay, there you go. There's a single woman. <laughs> well, you're 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 a single woman. Issues, okay. So it's good that you feel that way. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um gosh. It's a long, long, long story. You know lots of it. So from birth, you know. <laughs> I was on the edge at birth and, you know, born, How so? um, well, born sick and, um, you know, drug affected, um, at birth. So, uh, I was sick. And so, mm -hmm. and they, you know, um, yeah, my life early was crazy. So there's a lot of edge moments, but the things I 
I could have made choices about. I certainly stepped up to the edge. Uh, most of my, you know, preteen on life until like 48 years old, like 10, 11, 12 years ago. Um, <clears throat> when, um, you know, I got some freedom because uh, I realized to help many people that trauma, PTSD had, had been, had wrecked me broken me really mm -hmm. didn't know that didn't know i was broken just thought i was crazy knew i always felt broken but didn't know that that was the word i was that's a gentle word mm -hmm. i didn't ever use that gentle word with for mm -hmm. me mm -hmm. so um but i definitely felt broken um so um the moments of drug addiction from childhood till you know mm -hmm. 12 years ago and right um, I weighed 400 pounds when I moved to Grand Rapids, 396 pounds. I didn't know that because I wouldn't look at my weight when I first moved here. I wouldn't look at my weight for years, for many, many years, uh, a, almost a quarter century, almost 25 years before, before I looked at the scale. Um, so that's such so. an amazing story in and of itself. So what I'm hearing you say is that you were born to crack addicted, drug addicted parents that you suffered from um, fetal drug addiction syndrome. So you, ha you had all the reasons in the world not to survive, yet you did survive. And when you did survive, then you were brought into a home life that was very unstable and very painful and very traumatic. And then you, I know your story, so I'm sharing pieces of it, but you know, you kind of armored up behind what we call body armor. Like I will keep myself safe. And I also find a place of comfort through the choices that I can make in food and the, and also in this body armor where no one will ever want to touch me or hurt me because you know, you won't be able to get to me because yep. I'll be protected by this. And if you do, right. And if you do attempt to touch me, I don't want you to, I will crush you. I'm bigger than you. I can hurt you. Right. Um, so yeah, that was, I didn't even know all that. <laughs> Mind you, I didn't even know I was saying all that stuff, you know, but that's what I was saying through what I was doing with my body. So, um, well, that's so a good thing to, to uh, and, and so let me just say this. Yeah, go ahead. Crack. Um, not crack. Cause crack didn't even come along until I was like 25. Thank you for saying okay. that though. Um, <laughs> still very young, but no, um, you know, Dad was definitely uh, alcohol was a thing. My mother was drug addicted and it, yeah, I was, I didn't even know that I was, um, drug affected, you know? So, yeah. Um, that's a nice yeah. way of saying things, but yeah, um, that's good clarification. Thing is, yeah. Um, there, there's go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I was just going to say, you know, you talked about your weight and so part of your healing journey, and I'm just so thankful that all three of us can talk about this. I want you to talk about more about post-traumatic stress disorder, how then God ended up using what you went through. But bef before we get to that, the, the good part, you know, the story turns, you were just on the edge. Like you said, I, you were done you were 400 pounds yes. you were on the edge was, of life yeah. itself yep trying to just trying to find a way out quickly i was i was like on a mission to be out but i had people to consider so i had to make it look good you know 
whatever that means. So yeah, I was, but I had a mission. I was on, my focus was how to get out. And, and that's when, um, Miss Baptist chick who doesn't hear from God, heard from God <laughs> <laughs> and called me. Hey, um, well, how did that happen? Well, I was, I was a guest on Wanda's show to talk about one of my other books and, um, it was the silent seduction of self-talk. And after, after the show, you know, we never had a personal conversation or anything. She just emailed me to let me know what time to pick up the phone and asked me what my questions would, you know, what questions the host would want to ask me, et cetera. But I kept, I kept hearing uh, a voice <laughs> telling me to call her and call her and call her and call her. And it was for weeks. I had no idea why I should, should call a producer who I'd never called a producer. I had no reason to. Um, and I, I was convinced it was, it was God nagging me to call her. I didn't know why. I thought maybe it was to connect her with someone that I knew, perhaps a friend, Steve Seiler, who um, produces Christian, you know, music for ministry purposes. And uh, so I, I thought, well, maybe that's the reason. I don't know. I, I tried to look her up on Facebook and really nothing there except that she had an interest in inner city missions. So I sent her some songs kind of related to that, um, that kind of lifestyle, um, and then sent them along to her. I forgot to send in an email that explained why I was sending her music like that um, and um, that explained anything. But I sent her a Dead Hearts Don't Don't Cry and Every Single Tear and a song called Renee is 14 that talked about a little girl who hitchhikes from Kansas to California at 14. Mm -hmm. And um, then sent them off to her. And, and I just thought we could have a wonderful conversation about why Steve Siler should be on her show. And, so, and insert just for a moment, uh, Steve Seiler, shout out to Steve Seiler, has a powerful ministry, as you're saying, called yes, Music yes. For Soul. And he writes songs for people who are being torn apart in their soul, whether it's sexual abuse or caretaking for parents who are dying, or whether it is abortion or you can't have a child. For every cancer, for everything that we could go through in life, he pens and writes music to minister to the soul. And you were sending her, you were sending Wanda some of those songs. Wanda, what are you thinking? Are you going, what do I need? Or is it ministering to your soul? <laughs> oh, okay. So sure, we can use that word. <laughs> because I was just like already thinking, oh, my stars. Except that's, again, that's, this is the nice me. So back then it wasn't, oh, my stars. But um, what does she want already? You know, I'm trying to, I really don't have time. I'm trying to get out of here, you know, so, and I have time for all this stuff, but I'll give her 15 minutes on the phone because I'll have control of that call, you know, so the morning I wake up to get the call, there's all these songs waiting for me. And my email had actually, she sent it to one email that, that forwards to my other email. So the other email had like six or <laughs> six songs in a row. There were three, but they were all double, right? So there looked like just a lot of stuff she was sending me. And I listened to the songs and the first one I was like, okay, okay. That's, she's, that's not, that doesn't clear. That's not me. She, she just said a song and that has nothing to do with me. Okay. So the next song, and I was like, 
are you kidding me? Who is talking to this woman about me? You know, the third one, I got angry because it was straight up my story. It was the opposite. This girl, Renee, at 14, traveled from Kansas to California. I went California to Kansas. <laughs> lived oh, there for a little, like almost nine months. I lived and worked above a, you know, worked in a little Mexican restaurant and uh, stayed there, headed back to California, hitchhiked the whole way back and forth. And um, when I got back, I went to live with an aunt. Thank God that's where things started to turn around for me. So. So for the people who are just listening and, and aren't seeing your face, you're, you're saying she said, oh, sorry. <laughs> and you're, what you're saying though, is that they were really right on the money. Like God they were speaking to you so clearly through this music. They were telling my story. Each, each song was telling my story, like almost word for word, which was scary for me who had always hid. I wasn't, you know, I had a very public job, so I didn't hide that. I was very good at my job, so I was, but I wasn't, I wasn't, you didn't see me there, you know, you and so when, when I did start to, when I did start to come through, when you did start to get peaks of Broken Wanda, that's when I started to move back. So, um, yeah, that was, um, was very interesting, the whole, how that all unfolded and Obviously, it was God nagging her, <laughs> really nudging her to towards me. me. Say that again. You, she was so excited to talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sensing a little sarcasm there. So oh, you answered the phone, Wanda. Yeah, I pretty much, you know, was when she called. I just listened to the last song, and I was like, "Who is this lady? Think she is?" So I pretty much answered the phone that way. What do you want? You know, how awful, because poor thing, she, you know, and I would, if it had been me, I've been like, nothing, I want nothing later, have a nice day. I would have never called her again, so I'll, never. But, you know, thank you, Jesus, that's not what she did. She did not, she was like, ha, <laughs> okay. And she didn't even acknowledge it, didn't even, at least she didn't, to me anyway, she just came back at me with, you know, lovely little things. And I was like, I cannot believe this woman, get her out of here. So, but she didn't go away. You know, so finally she said something to me about, um, I thought Renee would be a woman that I can't see anything about who you are on Facebook. There's nothing about you on Facebook. That's what she told me. Um, and I know that you love inner city missions because that's the only thing you said on your profile. That's the only personal thing. So I sent you Renee's 14, that song, because I thought maybe you knew Renee or you'd love to Renee. And my 15 minute rule that I had in my head, uh, you know, when she said that, you knew Renee or loved Renee, and I was all, oh, well, I am Renee. That was it. <laughs> so the, the beginning of the story. Went out the window. Um, yeah. But can we just talk for a second? I mean, let me, just for the listener, um, you know, Shelly, you were listening to the voice of God, and it, 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 maybe it wasn't like immediate, but it was fairly quick that you responded to that. And I don't think we should miss that point that, the way that we change the world, the way that people are healed in wholeness, God brings these divine moments, friendships, interactions, but we've got to respond to the voice of the Lord, you know, and, and to be willing to be made a fool, to be willing to get rejected or be embarrassed. Be, maybe we missed it, but, but to take those steps of faith to say, I'm, I'm sensing that God wants to use me in her life 
and everything about her right now, she's trying to cut off this lifeline. She's rejected me. She's being mean to me. <laughs> she's ignoring, <laughs> but yet you did take the lifeline. And that is an ongoing story now of an unlikely friendship that brought the two of you together that began, you both understood trauma, you both understood pain. You begin to share, Wanda, you moved from California to, to Grand Rapids, Michigan, and your healing journey begins. Mm -hmm. And right. um, now you are um, both, as I said, you authored this book, Love Letters from the Edge. Tell us a little bit about that book. Well, we learned, I learned, and well, I had, I had a little, I had a little bit of a foundation about PTSD and trauma, which that first conversation about Wanda, I immediately recognized that she had PTSD and that she needed trauma treatment. And uh, when she came to Michigan, um, actually I accompanied her for trauma treatment um, and uh, her life just began to change. and. We watched miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle happening. And we knew a lot of other women who had trauma in their lives with other kinds of experiences. We just really began to have a, a heart for women who didn't understand PTSD and trauma and its relationship to their spiritual lives and the negative messages that you're always fighting with all the messages. Wanda had a, had a, uh, she would say that all the promises in the Bible were for everybody else, but she was the asterisk that those things didn't apply to her. So we wanted to write this book for other women who felt like they were the asterisk mm -hmm. and had experienced all these kinds of abuse, whether it was they had, we had friends whose daughters had been murdered. We had friends whose, you know, had been beaten or they had um, husbands who were narcissistic or they had various forms of trauma across the spectrum and they, and they didn't know about PTSD and trauma, but the most important thing we wanted them to know was about the love of God and who God says you are, yes. who God says you are. So the letter from the edge is the letter from the woman to God, and then a love letter back from God that doesn't say, here's a simple answer. It says, here's who I say you are. Here's who, here's who you are. You may have heard these negative things in your head all these years but this is who you are. This is who I say you are. This is who you are to me. Yeah. And, um, and then a few resources about trauma so people could understand how the brain works mm -hmm. and why they feel that way. I've read the book. It's a, an amazing book. And I think, you know, the love letters that it, it kind of reminds me a little bit of Jesus Calling of Sarah Young's devotional work, but these love letters, this, the, the person on the edge, the woman, she's just pouring out her heart and it's not pretty. It's, it's not like it's all, you know, I mean, dear God, and she's venting to God and he's big enough to handle it. And then he writes, yep. 
this beautiful and it's all scriptural base of what what father god or what jesus the holy spirit would say back to this mm -hmm. hurting woman it's beautiful and i have a feeling that i was reading more of your own stories yes stories of others but you've been there done that right you you know it wanda you felt it you could experience right yes. right you know uh John, I don't know if you if you remember, but you, actually, Love Letters was born at that party at Barefoot Gardens with the women that were there. That's the that's the night it was born. The idea I, Shelley I and I were sitting at the that. head of the table, and do you remember when the women went around and were telling their stories? And it was like Kim DeBlakeor just escaped the Ukraine, and Lorraine had had her daughter murdered, and I mean it was just like one after the other after the other, just like big stories the woman that was married to the the fundamentalist muslim man katrina there was like around this table were women who had huge trauma stories your story of course shelly and i and we just leaned over during that party and we were like uh hello there's a lot here and there is hope around this table more than anything there's hope here and this is what we wanted people to know um that you know that it gets really dark and you can get on the edge and you can be on the edge you can walk to the edge over and over and over again but there is a god there who's um trying to whisper in your ear and sometimes he'll shout it in many different ways <laughs> that can happen um but the the answer is um there's hope and that that the truth is exactly what shelly said and what you say in the freedom challenge it's not what the trauma tells you you are not the voices who've been in your head or in your even coming from the outside none of those things are the truth because if you are walking a life of faith the truth is that we are who god says we are period bottom line and there's hope and there's healing there and because there's truth there there's freedom there yes you know it can't there's one that can't be one without the other there's truth and there's freedom Yay! yes <laughs> so <laughs> so beautiful and um shelly so talk to us about what you're currently doing and what's next uh is there a love letters too is there something that god is moving on your heart right now what are you awesome sisters up to now <laughs> um Actually, one of the books that um, is stirring in my heart right now, the first book, uh, the book that I originally came to know Wanda through was The Silent Seduction of Self-Talk. Mm -hmm. And I'd, I'd like to write a companion book to that, which has to do with, again, voices and messages and lies and um, the things that we... Uh, the struggle that we always have with those internal voices and believing, believing truth and, and believing um, what God says and, and choosing to focus, to focus on truth. And so um, I'm thinking of coming back to that subject and approaching it a little bit differently this time. Um, I'd also like to work on, on writing um, the story of, you know, the story of Wanda's journey with, you know, our journey um, and her journey of healing. And um, mm -hmm. it's, a pretty, it's a pretty amazing story. And um, I think that would bring hope to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. So um, 
your some fiction I, I want to work on as well too. So yes. Oh my goodness, what are you gonna do in your spare time? Oh <laughs> uh, I don't have spare time. <laughs> I don't have any spare time. I I feel your pain there, sister. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, Don. I don't know anybody who does more more and juggles more balls than you do. <laughs> well, oh, while looking so cute. Yeah, well, there well, thank you so much. It's not what you go through, it's how you are accessorized when you go through it. <laughs> oh, it's very my sister. <laughs> well, where can people find you if they'd like to know more? I know both of you do speaking. By the way, Wanda, before we go, we gotta tell and what is the today's weight? I've lost a hundred and ninety something pounds though. 190. You are half the woman you used to be. I am. Yay. <laughs> yes. And oh, so cute. Yes. Congratulations. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Yep. That's Thank a you. lot of new clothes. Got my Freedom Girls t-shirt on, so you know, okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. Freedom Girls. Yay. So tell us about where they can find, if they'd like to know more about your ministry and what you're doing, where can they find you? Well, um, okay, so I'll give all our spiel. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah do mind. <laughs> so you can find me at uh, ptsdperspectives.org. I'm on Facebook, Wanda Sanchez, um, and Twitter as well. Same thing. Um, and Shelly Beach, um, all her books, her products, her singing tapes, and dancing instruction tapes, you can find <laughs> at shellybeachonline.com. Shellybeachonline.com. And Dawn and all of her products, all of her five or six award-winning books, every single one of them, um, and all her new stuff is at dawnscottdamon.com and um, also freedomgirlsisterhood.com for the podcast and many other things. Yay! Yay! Beautiful. Thank you. So parting words, Shelly, what would you like to the listener to take away from our time with you today? And then Wanda, you too? Well, there's not a heartache that God cannot redeem and that um, uh, there's his hope is big enough for everybody and every hurt that, that exists. Wanda. There is hope. And that's, um, that's a, a promise and God is not a liar. So. All right, everybody. It's been wonderful to be with you all. We look forward to joining you again on Arise Esther. I hope you enjoyed the show today. If you found value, make sure that you visit ariseesther.captivate.fm. Like us, love us, and review us. And hey, want to join the movement? Visit us on thearisemovement.com to get connected. And for more information about me, your freedom coach and host, visit freedomgirlsisterhood.com. And while you're there, take the 60-day freedom challenge. You'll be so glad you did. Until we meet again, keep rising. This is your moment.